Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. Welcome to today's episode of the Post Sunday Podcast. This podcast is an extension of Genesis Church located in Orlando, Florida. Every Sunday, you can attend one of our three amazing services at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m. Or if you don't live in Florida, you can stream live on Facebook and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando. You can also watch on demand and as always, follow us all week long on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and X at Post Sunday Podcast. And also, make sure to subscribe to listen every week on Spotify and iTunes. Now, for today's episode, here are your hosts, Pastor Johnny Sierra and Pastor Tim Grandstaff. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome all Post Sunday Podcasters to episode number three of the Post Sunday Podcast Way of the Messiah year-long series that we are doing with you guys, talking all things Jesus. I'm excited. I got my man here, the one and only, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. It's an all-new day. Yes, sir. You have always said, what's going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? I, man, it's Never whatever I'm yo, feeling. yo, yo. Whatever I'm feeling. That was it's new. It's whatever I'm feeling. That means today's <laughs> special. <laughs> it's going to be lit. Not just 14... Yeah anniversary of genesis nope. church nope. today's special by the way happy anniversary to genesis church orlando big shout outs to um the place that we reside and get to do ministry and yeah. uh i remember hugging you after the 815 because uh i know things get crazy right after that service and i just said man thank you for being a faithful servant it's been great and, uh, it's been just, a crazy your, wild your story's ride. amazing so and, uh, inspiring and uh reminds me that, you know, we all are going to be uh, called consistently. We're going to be put in, 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 in some uncomfortable positions, but it's all part of the process, man. You had Thank no you. idea almost five years ago. This will be your four. Your four. Yep. That you'd be sitting in a podcast room. With our lead pastor. Podcasting, speaking to people in our church. Insane. All over the country. Man. Been crazy. You know what's funny is uh, I was doing like interview podcast stuff like five, six years ago, wondering like, why am I even doing this? Like I would interview like pretty, like, I don't know if you know Jeremy, Jeremy Rosado. He, he has a, uh, an album right now and one of his hits is in Z88.3. And uh, I got to interview him. I had an interview with him. Uh, I interview with, um, oh goodness, a couple, a couple different people, fitness influencers, a lot of different people. But it's funny, you think about it now and you're like, man, this is, this is all the preparation without you even knowing, right? We're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk about that. And it's super good because God really is teeing off. When you are letting God do what he wants to do in your life, uh, you are in good hands. You know, I'll state the commercial. Yep. You're in good hands when you're with God. And that's the truth, man. Like even in the uncertainty, you're in good hands. Let me hold back, man. I'm like, I'm you're gonna fire to away. That's I, okay. I am, Lean in and go. <laughs> we got guests in the in the pod studio it's, today, it's hanging out, today. watching, yes. observing firsthand. It's awesome. It is awesome. We got I'm a lot. I'm looking forward to it. We got a lot it's to good. unpack. It's good. I, I had a coach yesterday uh, text me. He said, "I am on the team bus heading back, mm. watching this live." Man, he said, and it is just speaking all in me right now he said i had to take the team in for lunch and as soon as i get back i'm watching the the rest of it wow. he said i needed everything that this is about today man it's good it's good god has been wrecking us wrecking me in a good way challenging way i love it uh but i want to give some shout outs to a few people man um just we've been the buzz has been stirring around even just with these two episodes this year there's something different unique about what we're doing this year i don't know what it is yeah it's, it's all things jesus yeah all things jesus Told but you, when you have jesus in the mix it's everything changes. everything works but we got a comment uh from youtube uh on our last one which was no actually episode one is jesus god and uh it's funny uh it's uh need input 
need input, I think is his name, uh, but he just wrote down below. He said, big bowl of soup, adding in the ingredients and enjoying it. Love it. Exclamation point. <laughs> That's going to be our next T-shirt. <laughs> the Post Sunny Podcast. Big bowl of soup. Big bowl of soup. Come get yourself. Love it. <laughs> we got another shout out uh, for Nancy Jane uh, in as well. Uh, one of our episodes here this year. Uh, hey, Pastor Tim, Pastor Johnny, Alexis, and Stan. I'm going to go to take my suitcase to the airport and leave it there on the baggage claim. Because we talked about like just leaving everything at that's the feet awesome. of Jesus. So that's uh, fantastic. She is, uh, yeah, yeah. We Nancy Jane's been with us throughout last year too. She's one of our. Uh, yeah, I got a text a New few Jersey weeks ago. Someone ladies. said, "Oh my goodness, I thought year one was great. You guys have come in already at a different level. It's been amazing, bro. So it's been amazing, amazing. So man, as you guys heard up front." Uh, we are the Post Sunday Podcast. We're, we're talking all things Jesus in the never, never, um, the way of the Messiah. My goodness. Uh, the way of the Messiah. 52 weeks of just, just all Jesus. And so it's going to be awesome to really look at his life, look at his miracles, look at his teachings, and uh, and just be blessed by that as we we progress through that. But uh, I want to dive right in, man. You You hit a tremendous... Uh, big oh I love I don't know call me a stickler about this but I I love opening a teaching with a question is that is that is that your forte uh, do you have you maybe more like, of an illustration like guy or a story I just wanted to hit whatever okay. it is statement question like it needs to resonate yeah, immediately yeah. to to grab your attention so that you lean in I want to provoke so, thought like, 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 I don't want to be like, who's glad they're here? Raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. You no. know, who's been reading God's word with us? Yeah, no, 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 like, no. None no. of that kind of stuff. But no. it needs to be a question that immediately, if you've carved out time to gather, yeah. you, I assume you have come to learn. Yes. Or you are curious about all of this if you don't want to believe it yet. Yeah. Well, you know what? At least I'm curious about it. So I'm thinking on both of those levels, if you're here to learn, let's go. I don't got time to, to just play around. Time is limited. If you don't know if you believe this, then let's ask the questions that would at least get you curious to start thinking about it in a different way. Yeah. That no, I, that's how we want to come out the gate, right? I totally agree, man. I I, I want to hit the right right hook right away. You know, right? Coming like off Tyson, of, baby. Man, and I'll tell you nothing that I you know, you guys gotta come. You gotta come. 9 30, 11 o'clock and 8 15 service. If you're in, in in Central Florida, join us, Genesis Church Orlando. Be a part of it. But there's just this awesome, awesome intro video that we have now that I'm I, it just hypes. I don't I don't even teach. You do. <laughs> and I, I just can imagine it's like it's like you're coming into the ring, you know, and you just got the hype music and it's it's awesome, but it really sets you up. But I I love man, you opened up things with can Jesus use me for big for something big and man I just that question just really hit it hit because everyone is looking for significance in this world right there is an element within all of us that says I want to make a difference in this world how can I do that right after you do everything you do and and enjoy what you want to enjoy you sit down and there's always that question of, is my life making a difference? Right. It's, it's, it, it spans the spectrum of yeah. everybody. And it's not a hypothetical question. Not at no all. No matter who you are, where you are in life, whatever age you are, you are asking the question, can I be used for something big? Mm. Whether you believe Jesus plays a factor in that or not. And so as a former student pastor, you would have middle school and high school students that are asking the question, what will I become one day? Wow. Right? Like that's, they wrestle with that. What, what's my life going to amount to? On the very far side of the spectrum, you have, you know, seniors in our church that we sit with going, I don't know how much time I have left, but can I still do something significant before my life and wow. time here is done? Wow. So you have it on a middle school level and a senior adult level, and you have it all in between husbands, wives, parents, young adults newlyweds, whatever it is, is what I'm doing where I'm at ever going to amount to something significant? When my life is over, everybody's life comes to an end, right? Time is undefeated. We know this. Unless God comes back, all of us will at one point pass from this life into the life to come. It is inevitable upon every single person. Therefore, you have to ask yourself, 
when people are standing around on that day when my life has ended, what are they saying about it? Has it had an impact on people? Has it been significant? Has God used me for something big? And I think that where we'll talk to today and unpack is that big doesn't necessarily mean grand. I think that a lot of people wrestle with, well, my big moment isn't as grand as yours. So it's not about the size in the sense of people or impact. God uses different people in different ways, different platforms. But your big moment matters because it's a moment that God is appointing you for that has eternal significance. There's the key in all of this as we unpack today. That's super good. And I think a lot of people need to lean in on the fact that, yes, it it's it's not about size it's not about uh how many followers you have on a social media platform uh big can be in different ways right big uh what's the famous quote that uh stanley said um about leaving a legacy uh, the greatest call that god can have the greatest for my life thing may not be what you do yep. but what you raise yes correct yeah correct so that's yeah. andy stanley yep and uh, he said that years ago at a conference, that the greatest thing you may do in life may not be what you do, but that, what you raise. That can be. And so it's perspective. Yeah. It's big because mm-hmm. it's it's eternally significant yep. in someone's life. Yep. That can be one person. That can be thousands of people. The, 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 the goal is to realize Jesus can use you and wants to use you. And there is someone that is has no idea they are they are anticipating or, or waiting for an encounter that is going to be you, but it's going to be Jesus at work in you and through you that's going to radically transform their life forever. Yeah. They had no idea it was coming. Yeah, yeah. Man, I I um I love that you took a verse that we would probably skip through. And we would just like get get. We want the meat. We want we want to see Jesus born. But you 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 there there's so much context prior to that, and there was just a chunk that it. How do I compare it, man? It's let's go back to the analogy of a, of soup, right? Here we like, go. <laughs> right? You you got potatoes. You got you know at least you know with our What's Hispanic, Hispanic soup. Yep. Like? Yeah, there's some rice. There's some potatoes. You got a lot of carbs, but then you find that chunk of a chicken in there, right? That's just like, whoo! <laughs> this is really good. Oh, it just hit. This was like that hidden chunk of chicken that was like right in, right before the story. That was just like it's so much meat in that. It's so much meat in that. I'm having I'm having a moment where you're the king of visuals. We've realized this past year. Every time you preach, there's visuals all around you. There's Legos and there's tools with cutters or whatever you call them. I feel like next time it's gonna look like I'm gonna uh, have a whole kitchen. Like Chipotle. <laughs> There's gonna be a whole Chipotle bar in front of you as you're adding in all your soup items to bring your illustration. Well, but easy. It might look like a Barbie dream house set, kitchen I have set. No idea. That's I what I got available. I want you in me. an apron. No matter what, I want you in an apron. What I, one of these that's one a prerequisite. Of these, one of these days we will we will do that, man. Yeah. But you you just took a chunk, man, out of this. And really, it was great because you 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 really focused on the disruption of of of, of God in our life, right? And uh, and I never really saw it through the lens of these shepherd people that uh, were were just ordinary people, yeah. you know. For 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 most of my life, I just thought that they, you know, these were. People that anticipate, had anticipation for the Messiah, or that there was just some connection to. There's got to be a reason why they, you know, that the angel of the Lord came to visit them. But then you think you're like shepherds are just. It's a trade that no one really pays attention to. You know, it's funny, man. The 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 lowest of trade, it's like attracts God, yeah. right? Because I mean, who do we know to be a, a shepherd as well? Before God called them, King David, yep. right? Like, and, and so there's a, there's there's something about being at a at the lowest place of your life that God says, "Man, I I want to reach and extend my hand out towards you, and I, I want you to be a part of this story with me." And that's oh, so probably good, when the disruption arrives. Yeah, you know, it yep. is that moment where you have come to the end of the road. And it's almost as if God wants you to be there because he wants you in that moment to finally wake up and realize 
you can't walk the road without me. You tried. And so, yeah, I've let you get all the way to the end of this thing for you to finally see that there could have been a better way or a different way or along the way. This is what's been happening so that you now see you can't take another step on this path without me. Right. So I would say with this passage, here's the thing everyone has to do. Our, our idea of the birth of Jesus has become so commercialized because of the idea that we only talk about it at Christmas. That was the challenge we have discussed is that we didn't talk about the birth of Jesus at Christmas. We talked about revelation, right? Yes. So, Wow. You've been a little bit However, <laughs> we're going to come back in January and we're going to talk about aspects of the birth of Jesus, which is just weird because <laughs> we should have been talking about it a month ago. Yeah. And then that's how everybody sees it. And then don't talk about it again till yeah. you get back to December. The same way with Easter. Well, we don't need to talk about the, the crucifixion until Easter arrives. So when we were doing it in October, it was just kind of different for everybody. And they're like, yeah, but you got to talk about it again in six months. We're trying to get you to realize we can talk about God's word every single day and still learn All things. Aspects. This is a never ending story. Yeah. So you continue to come back to it and it continues to unpack itself and you realize and God reveals himself in ways in his word that only he can do. That is why it is living and active. Mm-hmm. So when you go to the birth of Christ, as you said, there is layers upon layers that are happening within the story. And so when you look at these shepherds and you realize that yes, they are shepherds on a, you know, we'll unpack that in a moment, what type of shepherds they were, because I think that's huge in the story. But there is more in it that relates to us, mm. that they're just going about their ordinary business. They're not expecting an encounter with God, with Jesus, with the heavens opening up and an angel appearing. They're just in their normal routine of their day. And it, in a moment, in the blink of an eye, the disruption comes. Yeah. The heavens open up and an angel appears to them, a messenger of God, to deliver a message to them. And as we said, that 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 word appeared to them, that phrase appeared to them, meant sudden. It meant that it would take you completely off guard. It was surprising. So it wasn't something that they kind of knew one day may happen. They were looking forward to. They had been praying about. God, reveal yourself in this way. It just took place. And I think about how many people that have come into the faith family of God that they will tell you, man, I never intended to go to church and become some Mm. religious person. Mm. Man, I never knew that I would start having a conversation with this person and they would start speaking this into my life and it just changed everything, right? That's the, the disruption that Jesus brings before he can do something big in you. So if you want to truly answer the question, Can Jesus use me for something big? You have to realize there's a disruption in your life that has to occur at some point. You don't know when that's taking place. You don't know how that's going to take place. But when you do, that is part of the process of Jesus being able to do or begin to do something new in you, Mm. something big with you. Yeah. And we're, if you're, if you're wanting some context, we're, we're in Luke two, eight and nine, the shepherds and the angels. And so that's what we're referencing to. So if you, if you want to pull that up and have that available for you or read that another time. But what, like you said, when Jesus disrupts you, it's because he has something he is ready to do with you. Um, this, is, this is why many people don't want to learn or put their trust in Jesus. Not because he isn't real, not because he isn't who he claimed to be, but it's because we don't want their, they don't want their life disrupted. They, uh, there, there, there is a sense of, and this is something that we pro- we all desire. Uh, we want comfort, comfort. We strive for things to be uh, at a at a at a at a good place. We strive for a routine. We strive for uh, just comfort, uh, structure, stability. Uh, all these different things that are being put in our face, and 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 and, it, and the gospel is completely opposite of all that. And nowhere in life does any of that. Merge together. Former hmm. fitness guy, right? Yeah. You know that you can't progress in, in lifting. You can't see the results you want to see in the gym without a disruption in your routine and in your muscle fibers and all of that. Yeah. You can't say, hey, I want to be comfortable while I work out, but I want to see big changes. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. You can't do that in sports. You can't sit around and go, I don't really want to put in the work. I just kind of want to go through the motions, but I want to be the star player. I want to start. So when we sit around and we say, will my life be significant? Will it have meaning? Will it have impact? You can't, you can't merge that and put that together and go, but I want to be comfortable. Yeah. You have to be okay exist. with disruption because the disruption is what is now either diverting you onto the right path or, or, or bringing you onto the right path when you've diverted off the path. It is realigning you. It is leveling you up. Whatever it's doing, the disruption has to take place for the progress to begin. Yeah. And so you can't have it both ways. You can't sit around and go, man, I just wish that I was part of something more than this. <laughs> and then sit around and go, yeah. but I want comfort and yeah. I want everything to stay steady and I don't want any change, right? It's like the people that are like, well, I don't like that you have changed. Well, that's inevitable. We all change. Yeah. You have to change. You can't be the same man you were 10 years ago. Yeah. You can't be the same husband you were 10 years ago. You definitely can't be the same father you were 10 years ago, yeah. right? I can't be the same follower of Christ I was 10 years ago. Life brings change. People don't like that. Hurts, pains, death, sorrow, whatever it is, sickness, disease, it brings about hard changes. Mm. That's why we look for comfort. We look for calmness and steadiness. However, with Jesus, it's it's the reality that when he wants to use you and he tells you, your life does have meaning and purpose. There is a bigger plan for you. You have to be okay with the disruptions that come your way. You can't have it both Yeah, ways. you have to embrace uh, that disruption. But conformity, man, that conformity is the great enemy. Um, I mean, there, there's seasons where, yes, God can bring rest. God will bring rest. God, there's a, you know, there, there was a commandment to have Sabbath. You know, God, God wanted that. He orchestrated that, right? But it's not to remain there and it's not to be an idol to where now I can't. Now, God, uh, you, you know, don't interrupt this. You know, this space right here, don't, don't mess that up. My career, everything that I've built, don't mess that up, please. Like everything that, you know, my kingdom that I've established here on earth, don't mess that up. I, I want to be, I want to, I want to go further in you, but don't touch this. And that is where the problem is, man, because if God can't have all of you, then can, then he might not have none of you. Who I was as a pastor of a church of a hundred in year one versus who I need to be as a pastor. You have to adapt. In year 14 yeah. for 1200 is totally different. Right, I have to be willing every year to look in the mirror and go, God, take me to where you need me to go, not where I want to be. That's true, and and that is part of the disruption. So I yeah. know inevitably this year, there will be disruptions in my life, whether I like them or not, that I have to be ready for and aware of, because that is part of the process of God continuing to do big things in me and through me, yeah. and to receive that and allow that to happen, I have to know that's coming. How I take those moments, how I embrace those moments, how I walk through those moments will dictate the next steps of where we go. And so that part is inevitable. And therefore, as you said, when, when he's disrupting you, you have to know it's because he's, he's doing something in you. Mm. That's why the disruption has come. He knew it far b before you ever did. <laughs> he knew it was coming. Yep. That's, that's the thing. We've, we tend to think that things surprise God. Nothing surprises him. But when he appears to us, it surprises us. Oh, yeah. But he knows. He sees things, and his, his thoughts are greater than ours. So he knew it was, it was coming before we ever did. Therefore, he's already working it and yielding it into place before you ever knew he was. Yeah. Let's just pay attention to that Truth. in the process of it all. So that, that disruption comes. But when it does, it does come, as we said, with fear. Yeah. And so then you're forced. You're forced to lean into two fears of life. You, you, you get the free will to choose the path you want to walk. Yep. That is the loving God that says, hey, I give you the ability to choose. He's also a grace-filled God who will let you return in the blink of an eye, in, in a moment, in an instant. But he, most of us choose to walk the path of human fear, mm. which is, I can't do this. Yeah. It's all the insecurities. It's all the anxiety. It's all the worry. It's all the... I was never trained. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I don't have enough money. That's human fear. Inevitably, it's wired in us to want to lean into that. Yeah. But as we said yesterday, 
Scripture is very clear in 1 Timothy. God does not give us this spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of a sound mind, the ability to overcome that fear. Equally, throughout the Bible, the word fear appears way more than people realize because it speaks of the fear of the Lord, Mm. right? The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, Proverbs tells us. And so you can walk in human fear or you can walk in fear of the Lord. And that fear is, I don't know what lies ahead, but I'm more afraid not to go find out than to stay put. Yeah, bro. Right? That's in the disruption. I have no clue what this means in front of me when you have disrupted my life. But I'm afraid not to go find out. I don't know what's up around the corner. I can only see that big boulder. That's my next, you know, Israel in the wilderness. That's our next marker we got to get to. I can't see behind it and I can't see to the right or left of it. I don't know what's beyond that marker, but I know if I don't walk to that rock and get there, I definitely don't want to be standing back here. That's true. That's the truth. That's how we have to approach life. We ask the question, does Jesus want to do something big in us? Mm. I'd rather fail for God than to live with the regret of what God could have done through me. Yes. Right? I, I, I just, I'd rather know, okay, this door is just not the door. And God, you've made that evident. All right, cool. Let's, let's move on to the next one. Rather than always staring at that door and saying, man, I never really took an approach to that. I don't know if he wanted it or didn't want it. I, I or wanted it or yeah, didn't want it. I, I don't know. So many unknown and some certain answers, but I never made a way to even try. You hear people say all the time, I want to live life with no regrets. I don't think that's possible. I think we will all look back and regret something in life. Yeah. However, when a regret does arise, it's an opportunity to remind yourself. I don't want another regret. I don't exactly. want to keep stacking them. Yeah. So as I'm learning and growing and understanding more, I'm starting to realize that as that door presents itself, I've got to walk through it. Yeah. When we started this church 14 years ago, uh, it was about a, a little over a year process before we ever moved here. When I went to my pastor and I said, God, it's calling us to leave this church and go start a new church. And he asked, he said, where, where would you start? You know, you're just asking the question. And, and I told him, I said, I feel like the spiritual answer would be to put a map on the wall, throw a dart, and somehow the Holy Spirit of God is going to grab the dart. <laughs> and where it lands is where we're supposed to go obediently. Ain't right? no way you would have landed on Orlando, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> been like You would have been in Idaho, bro. North Dakota <laughs> in negative 60-degree weather. Absolutely not, You've God. Been miserable I'm right out. now, bro. <laughs> you disrupted me, but I ain't taking that path. No. Um I felt like that would have been the spiritual answer. Yeah. But I told him, I said, now, and we'll talk about this in the preparation. Mm. I said, but since college, I've loved the city of Orlando. And my wife and I would always say, even if we weren't in ministry, where would we live? And we'd say things like probably Orlando. Mm. And I said, so I feel like I need to start there. And then these are his words back to me that day. I'll never forget them. He said, he said, you're going to uproot your whole family, your wife and your kids from everything that they know. He said, wouldn't it be a great blessing if you actually enjoy the place you're, that you're going to? He said, I'm not saying that it has to be that way, but what a great blessing from God if you already have a heart for the place you're supposed to go to. He said, so go, because if you're supposed to be there, God will open the doors, and if not, he will close them. Mm-hmm. So walk through whatever doors he opens Yeah, that's good. and just be okay for when he closes them because he's telling you this isn't the path. I've got something different and better, so don't force it open. Mm. And I can tell you, and I don't have time today in detail, of how God opened this door and that door and this door and that door. He had been doing it since college, and he did it in the process. And all the way up until literally my when we were trying to figure out, we knew we were going to come to Orlando for sure. Mm. Just didn't know where. And I am, I'm in on the staff in Atlanta, Georgia, and this family starts attending our church and they want to know more about it. And so my pastor comes in and he says, Hey, they're asking a pastor to go out to lunch with them and answer some of their questions. He said, I thought you'd be the perfect one to do this with this family. He said, because they're from Orlando. So that's awesome. Let me take them out. So I took them out to lunch, answered all their questions about our church there because they had just moved into Atlanta, Georgia, looking for a new church. And then they said, Hey, Your pastor said you might be moving to Orlando. Like, you got any questions about it? Like, anything that, like, we could maybe help? And I I literally said this. I said, listen, I know Orlando's big. 
I don't even know where you're from. I said, but we're kind of looking at this area on the east side of Orlando, all the way out on the east side. It's, it's kind of a new development area. It's called Avalon Park. And this guy started smiling ear to ear, and he said, that's where we just lived the last six years and moved from. What do you need to know about that area? Wow. So when you have those moments <laughs> where God is disrupting your life and then this is happening, and be like, oh, it's coincidence. No, it's not. It's the hand of God. <laughs> God is completely at work. And I promise you, I sat there with chill bumps as I do right now telling you that story That's because insane. it was just confirmation that God is opening these doors and just keeps leading me directly to this exact place. Yeah. Who's this person in our church in Atlanta, Georgia, telling me they lived in the area I want to go start a church in? Yeah. Only God can do that. Man, that's good. That is good. I, I want to ask you something. This is off script a little bit. Were you always had a desire for ministry or was it some, because, you know, you, you get the one way or the other. You get the person that doesn't and then God says, yes, you are. You get the person that is and he says, all right, yeah, I can, I can use you. Where were you on the spectrum? So let, let, let's use that. Let's use yeah. that as the on-ramp because yeah. we, we were, we're telling you, uh, if you want to ask the question, can Jesus use you for big things? Yeah. He will disrupt you and then he'll prepare you. Yeah. That's that next step, right? Let's, let's unpack that for a little bit because the preparation, I believe, is something you only recognize hindsight. Mm. You never see it in the moment. Yeah. You don't realize it. There's trials and there's struggles and there's, there's great moments, but you don't know this whole package God is putting together that all of a sudden you look back and you go, oh, he was preparing me all along. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it. So my dad's a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor. I did not desire or have this goal to be a pastor. That's not saying I was never this wayward child. I loved God. I loved our church. I loved our youth group. Chad and I were heavily involved in all of that. Um, I love being involved in ministry, but I didn't have this, this thought that I'm also going to be a pastor. Mm. I went to school my first year of college to do graphic design. I love creating things. Mm. So there's that wiring. I'm a creative. You're, I'm a creative. you're the original creative. I'm the OG creative. For you. <laughs> so I can see now that wiring. Yeah. Cause you're going to ev eventually create a church. Yeah. In the sense of start one, um, I, I don't create the church. God does yeah. in, in reality. But in the sense of bring creativity to yeah. the process. Creative and so I. when I took a job in 1996, I, I grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia. And my dad's been on staff at Thomas Road Baptist Church for 30 years. Wow. I went to Liberty University. Um, my high school small group leader, when I was a senior in high school, that poured into my life. We went and played basketball everywhere together. He picked me up after school every single day, just poured into my life. He was at school to go into ministry. Mm. So when he graduated from Liberty University while I was still in high school, he became the middle school youth pastor at First Baptist Orlando. Wow. So after my freshman year of college, he called me up and said, hey, I need an intern for the summer to come help me run summer camps. I need you just to play basketball with kids like I did with you. Hang out with them all summer long. I got a guy I'll let you live in his house. You got to pay him a little bit of rent. And just come down to Orlando. He goes, one of the guys that works in my youth group works for Disney. And you can have as many passes as you want because this is back when Disney used to give out the paper tickets. Yeah. And legitimately, I'd never been to Disney before. So I show up and this guy hands me a stack of like 60 tickets. Goodness. He's like, just take kids all summer long to Disney and have fun wow. with them. Type of a deal. I just saw it as a great opportunity. I love God to come hang out with students for the summer to get out of this small town. I had no idea. I, I, I didn't come down here with a desire yeah. to go use this as a launch ramp into ministry. Wow. However, I flew home for the summer for one week, came back, and uh, I was flying into Orlando. And I had spent a week on a missions trip with students from my home church in Virginia. I went back to help them with theirs. And uh, literally looking out the window as it was circling the city of Orlando, getting ready to land, you know, just that descent mm -hmm. where it just kind of curves in. Uh, and only the way that we can explain it when people don't know how, God said, I didn't bring you down here just to have fun this summer. I brought you down here to get your attention. What you did just this last week in Virginia and what you've been doing here for the summer is what I want you to do for the rest of your life. Mm. And I heard it as clear as day. 
that Sunday night, I went forward in church in a Sunday night service, said I'm supposed to surrender my life to the ministry of God, went back to school that year, changed my major from graphic design to biblical studies with an emphasis and a specialization in student and youth ministry. And that's how it began. So it wasn't something that I was chasing. It disrupted my life. Goodness. But God had been preparing me as a student in a youth group with a relationship with a small group leader, a summer opportunity in Orlando along the way for what he had for me. So good, man. Oof. Jesus will disrupt you, but he'll prepare you. That's and he was good. preparing the shepherds. Yes. So here's what I want you to know about the shepherds. We didn't talk about this yesterday. No. You ready for All this? Because right. you just said, they're just ordinary shepherds. Yeah. In one sense, yes, a shepherd is a, is a lowly job. It's not, it's a dirty job. You are in the fields. You are sleeping with your sheep. Yeah. You have to care for them. You're going to smell like them. One of the greatest phrases I ever heard, ever heard, our first year in Brazil, the reason we've been going there for 12 out of 14 years, uh, was when I watched the pastor with his people, just poor, extremely poor people living in the favelas of Sao Paulo, Brazil, and watching him work and move amongst them. And someone asked him the question, as a pastor, what, is it, what does it mean for you to live life with these people and their circumstances? And he said this. He said, a shepherd must smell like his sheep. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. Right? That's, that's how he saw his people. And that's what shepherds did. They fought for their sheep. They provided for their sheep. They took care of their sheep. Guess what? They're going to smell like dirty old sheep not a great job but these shepherds in particular yeah. in this region yeah. real people real place real time this changes everything this is what gets us all jacked up they are in bethlehem they're in the hillsides of bethlehem the shepherds in this region were in this region for a very specific reason and the sheep that they are watching over they are watching over for a very specific reason because the sheep in bethlehem with these shepherds were the sheep that were being used for Passover when hundreds of thousands of Jews would come back to celebrate it every year. Wow. So let's talk about the preparation. Within this area of of Bethlehem, there's a a tower. Okay. The tower uh, that is there is a watchtower. Okay. And so, therefore, this watchtower is a place where these shepherds, under very rabbinical kind of oversight, yeah, when they would have their sheep and they would breed their sheep and they would, you know, have young ewes, they would take these young baby lambs, they would inspect them. Which ones are spotless to be used at Passover? Which ones are not? Then they would take these lambs, this will just get you going, and they would wrap them in swaddling cloth. They would take them to the tower. They would lay them in a stone manger because they were to be separated, watched, and protected for Passover. So these shepherds are doing this day in and day out. They are preparing the sheep that will be sacrificed at Passover. Now, is your mind blown? It is blown. Because what happens? Yeah. The angel appears to them. Wow. And tells them on this night, this is what this is what people don't realize. Get rid of your manger scene for a second in your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. The shepherds don't show up and then Jesus is born. This is the the grandness of the announcement. The angel shows up to tell them he has already arrived. This is why there's glory in the heavens. This is why there's a multitude of angels praising God. They don't show up and go, hey, we need you to know in about three hours over here in this, 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 you know, in, in the, at this manger scene, uh, there's going to be a baby born. They show up and they're announcing he has arrived. Mm-hmm. It's happened. It's already taken place. So go see it now, right? So they're, they're letting them, the disruption, but then the preparation is this. You've been taking these lambs, wrapping them in swaddling clothes, and separating them so that they could be used for Passover. Josephus is an outside writer, historical writer during this time. And he says that it is, it is 
It was nothing for them to, to separate and sacrifice over 250,000 lambs for Passover. Because you got people coming from all regions, hundreds of thousands of people in to celebrate this annual festival, remembering the God that brought his people out of Egypt into the promised land, looking forward towards what? The ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate Passover lamb. And then the angel speaks their language. How will you find him? Oh, you'll find him wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in the manger. You've been taking care of these lambs, but we're letting you know the Lamb of God has arrived. In the same way you've been wrapping them and setting them apart, he's wrapped and waiting for the world. Think of that. That's a wrap, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good, man. Wow. No one, I mean, mean, a lot of people don't know that about the story. Yeah, that context, man just brings to life so much. The preparation. Yes. They've been doing this all the time. Yes, it's their daily routine. Yes, it's probably mundane in some sense. Yeah. There's some part of them that goes, man, there's a, there's there's something nicer out there I could be doing than just mm-hmm. being a sheep. But I think in their heart of hearts, they knew we're doing something unique and special. We are providing the lambs for all the people that come celebrate Passover. They had no idea that Week after week, day after day, protection, feeding, caring for, sleeping in the fields at night, whatever they were doing, he was preparing them all along for this moment. They had no idea. Without even knowing. And we don't either. We don't realize what he's doing to prepare us for the moments he has for us. Every step that that we're taking, every decision that we're making, man, when you're in the will of God, right, he's preparing you. but can you say like there's still you still have to say, all right, I, I'll I'll do it. A hundred percent. There's a willingness to say, I'll do it. Imagine these shepherds saying, with the dis- dis- disruption, saying, ah, I want to keep doing what I've always been doing. Right? That could have happened because we have free will. But surrendering is admitting that God's plan is better. I surrender. God, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what this fee, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that you're better. I know Fam- that you're good. Your plan is better than mine. Family texted us this morning. Just We're so thankful for Genesis 14 years. They've been with us all 14. Wow. And no one knows this in the church, or not many people know this in the church. Let me say that. Um, they were part of the church in Atlanta, Georgia with us. Mm. So... I get up in front of the church. I've been on staff for almost nine years. Tell the church, God is calling us to start a brand new church in Florida. And, you know, it's like bittersweet. You got so many relationships and yeah. people, you know, it's hard. Same time, you're, you're kind of excited. The very next day, I'm on a plane to Africa for one of our missions trips for 10 days. While I'm in Africa, I hear this family the church is trying to get in touch with me. They want to meet with me when I get back. I take them out to lunch. And they say, um, we had been praying about going on a missions trip too. And just doing something different, letting God disrupt our family. Mm. And you said that God's calling you to Orlando, Florida. And um, we looked at each other and said, God's telling us to go with them too. I don't know this family. Immediately, I'm kind of taken back like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to take a family to Florida. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to do there. (laughs) Right? Yeah. They say, God told them in the service, go with them. Wow. They sell their house. They move here before I get here. Holy cow. But guess what? They get an apartment. You know where? In Avalon Park. All of our core meetings for the church for the first three months were in their apartment. Wow. God completely disrupted their life. Along the way, had been preparing them. They had gone through our whole missions. We had like a missions training to prepare you to do global missions. You know, God's like, yeah, you're not just going to go on one trip. You're going to be a part of something. Mm. Came down here, said yes, like you just said, surrendered it all, opened their house Mm. for our core group so that this church could begin. At one point, they moved back to Atlanta because of family. This is a true part of their story. And and it was like, man, I think it was like five years in or whatever. They got up there and three months later, get a phone call and they said, hey, we're coming back. Said to Florida, you just got up to Atlanta. Back to Atlanta, that's like your home place. Yeah, we made a mistake. 
we haven't enjoyed any part of being back here. We want to be back there and be at Genesis. We're coming back. And they've been with us all along. God was preparing them, disrupted their life, but they said yes. Man. I love stories like that, bro. But if Jesus is going to use you for something big, then he's going to, like we said, disrupt you, going to get your attention some way. He's going to prepare you, whether you know it or not, and he's going to appoint you. Yeah. The, the, the shepherds were appointed. They become the first evangelists. Mm. Go see this thing that I've made known to you. And then they go and they see it, and it says that uh, they begin to share, and the people wondered at what they had told them. That word wondered, as we said, is like all, they were in awe and amazement. They're they're telling people, we have seen God in flesh, the Savior, the Messiah, the blessing from Abraham, the king who's going to sit on the eternal throne has arrived. We've experienced it tonight. Disrupted everything. Didn't know we were being prepared for this moment. We found him wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger, but the Lamb of God is here. He disrupts it, and now they're a part of history they're in the books they're in there for forever as as the first to witness the lord this is what makes the bible to me actually more real and and more true no one wants to believe shepherds in a field god if you're going to do this the right way you tell king, the king <laughs> right so that he can make a proclamation it's true but you choose your own path to show us that you use all people yeah. in all circumstances in all situations of life for your story and you will disrupt them and you will prepare them and you will point them right where they are. Wow. That's good, man. That, that leads us into our PSPQ segment for today. And uh, we got producer Alexis with us here today. Hello everyone. You guys ready for the question? Let's go. Okay. So it says you talked about God disrupting our lives and using us in big ways. He did for you by calling you into the ministry What does that look like for someone who's in the business world or marketplace who isn't called into full-time ministry? Obviously, I love the shepherd analogy you gave, and basically, it changed the way they lived and shepherd. It hit home with me because God has disrupted me into the ministry, during the ministry, into the marketplace, and during the marketplace. So that was a thing that struck me as I looked around at the teachers and barbers and coaches around me. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's crazy, man. Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I start in? Go for it. Let me start. Let me start this one, man. Um, I I love the word, uh, mission field, right? Because like, uh, I love that, that he brought that up in, in, in that question, but man, your mission field is wherever, wherever God has you right now. You know what I mean? And I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't not, it doesn't look all the same when it comes to, um, you know, the, the, the word ministry, you know, and, and I think, I don't think it, it, ministry is, is wherever you are, man, wherever you are, you are a reflection of God. You can bring light to that location, to that place, to that, um, to, to that sphere. You have been given a sphere of influence in your life. That's, that's, that's the influence you got. That, that is your mission field. That is the area at that certain time where God is calling you to make an impact, to uh, influence the people that are around you. Um, and so I, th- I think, honestly, I mean, we, wherever you are placed and you're feeling that desire and call, start right there. Start where you are right there. It, 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 wherever you are, if you're, if you, if you're, uh, if you're into, in real estate, if you're uh, in, in engineering, wherever you are, that is your mission field. That is where God has called you. That's where God, he can interrupt you and say, man, I can, I can make something out of this, right? And whether you see the seed flourish or not, you're still leaving an impact. I go back to my old job uh, about once a month. I go out there, I say what's up to a few guys, and, uh, and a few of those guys have given their life to Jesus, and are living for God uh, in a way that every time I see them, I'm like, I can't believe this. This is incredible. Because what I, when, when I was there, I, we, we would pray. We would, you know, they knew I, I was living for God. And, and there was moments where I would share the gospel. They would ask me questions. Why, why do you do this a certain way? 
Uh, what do you do in ministry? What, what, what is, what's this? What do you believe in? And, and I always felt like that was opportunities for me to be able to share. That was my ministry moment, right? To be able to give and impart in them my, my, my testimony, my life. And then when I leave, they, their lives change completely. So I, I, for me, it's like God allowed me to be there to water or plant some seed and then someone else comes and helps develop and grow that, right? So it shows me that we all have a different assignment when it comes to the roles of people's lives. But wherever you are, you can make that impact. And it blows my mind to hear them now talking about Jesus, talking about what God is doing in their life, talking, uh, wanting prayer. Want, just It's crazy, right? Because of the conversations we had in the past. And now God is... But, but, but I approached it that way. Ministry is where, wherever God has placed you, you can allow that to become ministry in your life and influence to impact people's lives. So here's my thought on this. Yeah. So I, I will inject this, that some of it is just my experience. Some of it, I believe, uh, I want to make sure that also is, is truly a part of God's story and God's word. Um, God does not care about your title. Yep. He cares about the availability of your talent. There's a difference. That's good. The big difference. And there are a lot of people that think until I get a title, God can't use me for something big. That's cool. But when you make your talent available to God, he can use you in any sphere he needs to yeah. point you in. And that is, that is the case for everybody. You may not like your job per se. I feel like my job's just a job. But for the most part, if it's something that you're kind of in a career of, it's because you got a talent in it. Yeah. You're good at something in it. That's why you got hired. You may be good at numbers. You may be good at, you know, in accounting. You may be good in, in marketing. You may be good in some way, uh, relationship building, bringing in new clients, whatever that looks like. You have a talent in you. And so, therefore, you are appointed in that place to make your talent available for mm. the glory of God, that's how he can use you for something big. I can tell you time and time again that some of my greatest moments with people where God used me were not because I was preaching on a stage at church. I grew up, I, I'm not like NBA caliber, but I was talented in sports. So my life has leaned into sports. I've coached. I've ran basketball leagues. I run basketball tournaments. I've, I've, I've done coaching with my son, travel ball, the whole nine yards. Guess where I've had some of the greatest conversations about Jesus yeah. with people on bleachers, with wow. coaches, right? Because my talent, my understanding of the game is available and God uses that in an appointed moment. We know this to be true. There is a difference in ministry and a calling to pastor. First of all, everybody's a missionary. Some get a role of ministry, like in a church staff. But that comes and goes for some people, right? It doesn't mean that they're living for God, they're not living for God. Yeah. Some are just ministry roles that people have the talent to fill, which is totally different than I'm being called to be a pastor shepherd. We asked you that question when you came on staff, yeah. right? Is God calling you to pastor shepherd or are you talented in music and want to lead in ministry as a music minister, a worship leader, whatever term people have, right? We asked you, which, which are the two so that we know how to march forward? Can I chime in real quick? Yep. You, uh, March of 2020, I think it was Feb late February, March. We sat in Longhorn, you, me, you, and my wife, and you, 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 you gave, you brought this story up for someone else, but you kind of also brought it for me. And you said, if your abilities and gifts were taken away from you, how, uh, how else would you be able to lead for God, right? If God took everything from you, how can you continue to make an impact for God? How can you, you know, and, and it, it just, it shook me, man. It's like, because you, you know, like you were saying, you rely so much on your gifts and your talents and, 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 and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hitting on another side of this, but that you don't allow God to really be the sustainer of it. But that, 
you hit me with that, man. Yeah, I think I think what I asked you was if you lost your voice today, yeah, you could no longer sing. Are you still being called to pastor? Mm. Yeah, because there's a difference, right? Yeah. If you lost your voice, you can no longer sing, and you were just doing ministry, then you may go back to whatever it was. And as you said, you were having an impact in the fitness world. People are coming to Jesus, so you're still being used for big things. But you weren't being called a shepherd. Yeah. But if you're being called a shepherd, it's beyond your ability to sing. Yeah. And so for the person who asks this question, I think that's the reality of your talent. You, whatever you're good at, God is using you in big ways. We don't need to focus on grandness, once again, as we started this podcast exactly. with, right? How many? It's are you, have you been disrupted? Have you been prepared for when he appoints you for whatever conversation, moment, item, position, job title you get to be used for his glory? You may not think it's grand, but you don't think like God thinks. And he may know that there's one person that the reason you had that position of that job for, for that amount of time was to have that one conversation that changed everything for them. Yeah. That's a big moment. I just got a phone call today uh, from the people who landscaped the church last week. You know what I did? I invited them. Guys, you landscape the church. Why don't you come Sunday, anniversary Sunday, and check it all out? They came, sat right behind us. You gave him a shout out. Came, he came, called me this morning. We we're talking through some things. He said, Hey, sidebar. He said, um, my girlfriend and I, we loved that service. Wow. He said, it, we haven't been in a church service like that. He said, uh, I don't know if I call myself a believer, but I think I'm religious. He said, so I believe like there's there's something higher than me. That he goes, because my life was on the wrong path and it's been straightened out. So something that's kind of like guide me and blessing me. And he said, so I want you to know, my girlfriend and I, last night we talked, we said, we got to go back next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him, I said, listen. Sidebar to you. You have my number. I said, I know we're talking landscaping. You ever need to talk with me about anything else, you give me a call or text. Let's go. And I'll make space for you. Ooh. Right? That wasn't because of my title yeah. as a pastor. That was because this past week, we hired this guy and his crew to do landscaping. And standing in the parking lot, there was an appointed moment for me to say, hey, come check this out. Right? So titles, toss them out the window. Yeah. What's down. your talent? Is it available to God for him to use? Are you willing to let him disrupt you? Mm. No, he's been preparing you. That's why you have the talent. You are right. wired with your hands to build whatever it is. Like you said, you're good with money. You're good with people. You can teach. So you're a teacher with kids. Whatever it is, he is giving you that knowledge and ability so that he can use you for something big where you are. And it may be a short time, it may be a long time, but he's going to continue to use you because if you are following him, then you're already a missionary That's right. doing ministry for That's him right. wherever you go. Yeah. And that is different than being called into full-time ministry as a yeah. pastor. Right. You better know that calling's on your life. You better have heard that calling is on your life. You can't run from that calling on your life, nope. no matter how many years you put it aside. You will be miserable. I knew it was miserable trying to tell God, I don't want to start a church. Mm. I will be in ministry. I will work with students. I will be on someone else's church staff. Please don't ask me to start a brand new church from scratch. Funny thing is, God was. I was trying to do different. I can do it every other way. But I knew because there are days that you wake up as a pastor. And I'll just be honest and transparent. With the stuff that you help people through or the amount of people that burn you that go to the church. So we got a lot of people in church that have been burned by church. They don't realize how many people in the church actually burn the pastors and the staff that do care and are putting in the time. And you wake up inevitably in your human flesh and you go, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm. I honestly would rather go work at, you know, academy sports. <laughs> yeah. Clock in at 9 o'clock, clock out at 5 o'clock and go home. And then you're reminded, God says, yep, but I called you to something different. That's right. Time to get up. Time to move forward. I prepared you for this. It disrupted your life. It always will. But I've appointed you for it. Yeah. I, um, you said this, man, um, during my ordination, uh, that the call of God, if you're not fulfilling the call of God in your life, you're going to be miserable. Because like, I, I remember sharing that with you. It's like, 
I, I, I don't know what it was. But I would try different things. There would be a, a little bit of a boost in, 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 in certain uh, areas of, of, career, of work and my career, and, and, but never nothing that was sustaining. And I always wondered, God, why? And then the doors weren't opening. So I'm like, why is there a, why is there this desire? And, and, and dude, I was miserable away from the will of God. I, I just, if I wasn't doing the work that he called me there, my, it was like not, my body just wasn't, wasn't built for anything else. And I, and I sensed it. I felt it. I, it just, everything around me, man, it was just like, it, it was crazy. If you're not doing the will of God in your life, there, I, I was personally, for me, I was miserable. I, I, I wasn't fulfilled. And, and my wife would notice, and, and it was just, it messed me up. You know, but I got to share this, man. The, the impact of your life is, is, is determined not by your ability or your history, but by God's call. You may doubt your ability and question your character, but God has a plan for you that is based on his goodness, not yours. Let's so, go, man. Let's go. Let's go a moment. Let's go a moment. As you just said, you were miserable because you knew God had a calling on your life. Yeah. Let's clarify. Miserable doesn't mean I don't like my job. Yeah. No, no. Not at all. You know why? Because you've already shared today. In your workspace, you still allow God to use you yep. for big things. Yep. You were just miserable knowing that God is doing something with me that I think I've been saying not yet to or no to or when, where, since I was 17 years old. Yep. Right? There's a difference. And mind you, when the, when, when the call came, I was, I was enjoying everything. I was making the most money. Life was good. The disruption I came. I was at the mountaintop. The disruption came. Yeah. And you were, but you had been prepared for it. Yeah. Anybody else, wherever you are, barber, teacher, you know, construction worker, landscaper, you're a businessman, you're a banker, father, wife, husband, whatever it is. It is not about the platform you are trying to get to. It is about the opportunity that God has put right in front of you to make your talent available for him to use you for big things. And so therefore, as hard as it is, breathe that there is a process taking place. I can't truly say enjoy the process because it doesn't always come with happiness. It comes with up and downs. But breathe and know there's a process taking place in you. That's right. You may not see it yet. You may not know why. You may not get the answers for years to come. But I think of all the stories we read about in the never-ending story of God. God comes to Abraham and says, I'm going to bless the world through you through your descendants and doesn't come back for 25 years. This is why Abraham decides to take things into his own hands and do it his way, which doesn't work out, right? It's a long time. God promised you something you had to wait 25 years for, right? But God was working and preparing Abraham for what he had appointed him for. That's right. And for someone listening or someone watching on YouTube, the process, breathe in it. God is working. God is moving. God is preparing. Be ready. And the disruption arrives for the appointed time because he, when he disrupts you, it's because he has something he wants to do with you right there. That's good, man. That's good. That's good. We hope you guys were blessed today, man. Uh, week three, I'm telling you, this is this is fire. It is fire. It's going really well. I'm so excited. There's just an intensity, uh, just something unique about this season, man, that I'm really looking uh, forward to but uh, if you're with us new we have a season one where we talked about the never-ending story just from front genesis to revelation front to back of scripture we went through 52 weeks of of, of just straight bible and if you want to lock in and be able to grab that go to spotify itunes check out season one be a part of that and that'll lead you right into where we are right now but man thank you guys thank you for joining us and being a part of what we're doing follow us on social all social media platforms as we said earlier we're on all of them post sunday podcast but also too 
If you can, submit some questions for us. We would love to hear back from you. Post Sunday podcast at gmail.com. We would love to get your questions, anything, uh, reviews, uh, testimonies. We want to be a part of what God is doing in your life this year. And so uh, we're super excited about all that. But please also leave a rating. Leave a rating for us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we're on those two platforms. So leave, leave a comment, leave a review. Uh, and join us on YouTube. You can watch us as well on video on YouTube and be a part of that. So subscribe, hit the uh, notification bell on the top, and you'll get notified every time we have a new new content out. But love you guys tremendously. We hope that you were blessed by episode three of uh, The Way of the Messiah. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.